Actual um, uh, sound-wise, tone-wise, I think FaceTime or Skype is the best. But mm. um, um, but there's always latency. Oh, yeah, always. I wonder nobody's doing it. <laughs> yeah, no one's doing yeah, it. Man. Otherwise, yeah, we'd all be doing it already. Okay, uh, yeah. let me get started. Uh, here we go. Hey, everybody, and welcome to the High Sessions Hawaii podcast, where we talk about everything local and beyond. I'm your host, John Yamasato, and joining me today, as usual, is Mr. Kyle Shimabukuro, Mr. Devin Nakoba. How's it? And we're very happy today to have our good friend, Mr. Herb Ota Jr., joining us from the How's Island that? of Aia. So, hey, man. Um, Island of Aia? Did you just yeah, say that? Island of Aia. Oh, totally did. <laughs> He totally did. I like the Kamaka hat. Thanks. So you currently play Kamaka ukuleles, right? Yes. How did <laughs> I know? No, I know you're. <laughs> I'm not getting. Wow, he really doesn't scenario. trust you. Already, yeah? okay, okay, here's my point. You guys will be so so ashamed that you laughed at this. Now, your dad has a rich history of of knowing the Kamakas, and and that's how your connection is, right, to the company, or. Uh, I remember you saying something about that, about uh, your dad being friends with uh, Sam Senior and all that stuff. Well, well um, my father's my father has known Sam uh, for quite a while, um, and Sam built, you know, made a model named after him. But they still sell it today, but they just call it the bell shape, you know. Um, but, and then Sam made me one when I was born as a gift. Uh, I guess it's only like this small, made out of one piece. Now, for those of you who don't know, Sam, Sam, we're talking about is Sam Kamaka, who is the founder of Kamaka Ukulele, started the company back in uh, 1919? 19, well, his dad started it in 1916. This is Sam Kamaka Jr. Is oh, the, okay, Sam Kamaka Jr. Sam. Okay, okay. So, but the company was formed in 19, sorry, what was it? 16, 1916. So remember the hundred the hundred year one that you got? Yeah. It feels like 100. I got the hundred year one like a year ago. It doesn't seem like four <laughs> years ago already. Dang, time goes by quick. Damn, you're busy. <laughs> yeah, I mean, See what happens when you put your picture on the Safeway carts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay, all right. Enough about me. But yeah, so your dad knew the Kamaka family, and then that's how you guys got integrated with the company, right? Well, I mean, when I first um, when I first went professional, I I I totally did not want to play akamaka because I didn't want people to think that um, I had give me's or hand me downs or whatever or you know what I mean because of my dad and I wanted my dad totally out of my business in terms of the music side. Sure. I wanted to do everything on my own. And, yeah, uh, I remember um, being on tour with you in Japan and, um, you know, you saying that uh, there were definitely promoters that could have, you could have used that were attached to your dad that would have been an easy route, but you wanted to kind of try to do it on your own and start with, start kind of from scratch with your own guys up there. But yeah, um, yeah so, so what, maybe talk us through some of that, uh, that, that philosophy or, or is it, um, have you ever changed your mind or thought maybe, oh, maybe I will get my dad to call this guy or whatever, because <laughs> if, if the going got tough or, you know, whatever. <laughs> uh, no, you know, I, I, if I had to, if I had to relive that over again, I probably wouldn't have changed anything. Um, I think I learned a lot by doing that instead of just, you know, having my dad put out his hand and me taking it, you know, and, and, and going with going that route. So instead of going that way, I learned a lot on my own. Yeah. I, I had a lot of people that pissed me off, but I, you know, I think it's, it's what the experience made me where I'm at today. So. Did you, did your dad teach that to you or was your dad 
sort of like, well, you figure it out. If you want the help, I'm here and I'll help you. Or, you know what I mean? Because it kind of depends, right? Your, your dad might have been like, oh, yeah, son, I'll bring you into the business. I'll make you do all this stuff. Or he can be like a normal, you know, Japanese dad. <laughs> all you, bro. On you. Go ahead. Good luck. You know what I mean? Well, my, my dad, I think, was disappointed when he found out that I really wanted to do this as a career. Because he didn't want me to go through the hardships that he's that he went through. Um, I don't know what kind of hardships it was because he was pretty successful, damn it. So you know, <laughs> but but you know, like, but it was very important to me. He didn't. He offered his help. He offered for him, you know, to, you know, to contact people to help me out and stuff like that. But. I just said that, you know, I already have this person involved. I already have this, I'm going probably this route. So thank you. But, but you know, I don't regret anything. I should, I should back up a little bit here because I, I'm looking at the time. I have a hard out in, in about an hour. So I wanted to try to get as much information from Herb as possible, but uh, let's backtrack just a little bit. So Herb Ota Jr. is the son of Herb Ota Sr. And Herbolta Sr. Was, uh, is an ukulele master, was very popular back in, uh, boy, what years would that be? I don't even know. It's before my time, even. Yeah, before my time, too. Yeah. So, <laughs> anyway, so, so Herbolta Sr. becomes this uh, very popular ukulele player at a time when ukulele wasn't a popular instrument. I mean, he was one of these pioneers who kind of brought the ukulele to the forefront. And now you have uh, Mr. Junior kind of taking in the steps of his father. Because Mr. Junior. A full-time musician and uh, playing ukulele full-time, you know. So um, Herb has been around the world. He's a multiple Nahoku Hanohano Award winner and he's been everywhere playing the ukulele. He teaches a lot of ukulele as well. Um, a lot of the people that you'll see playing now are students of his and stuff. So that, that's a little bit of background as to Herb Ota Senior versus Herb Ota Junior. And so we've been talking about Herb's uh, dad and, and how he's influenced the son and Herb trying to find his own way, which I think is kind of an interesting story. Uh, you just made me feel old, though. <laughs> well, we're, we're getting old. Truth, don't, don't Truth do hurts, bro. Truth hurts. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Nowadays, Herb. Herb and I, and, and, and side note is that I perform with Herb regularly, so, so he and I are good friends, but... Um, Dude, when you when when we go to places and we play, there's a lot of people calling us uncle now. I've noticed that over the years, it's been more and more Uncle John and Uncle Herb than John and Herb. You know. True. 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 Herb, are you more yes. me and Devin's age, or are you more closer to John's age? Wait, how old is Devin? Devin's like fifty-four. Shut up. <laughs> Dick. <laughs> Yeah, our first, our first swear word, Dick. I'm 51. I'm, I'm closer I'm, to you. I'm 50. Well, I'm closer to you then. Well, what are you? 49. I'm gonna, yeah, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be 50 this year. Okay, cool. And oh, where, where did you graduate from? University Lab School. Oh, oh okay. Yeah, guinea pig school. Yeah, yeah. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> It was weird. You still had to take a test to get into that damn school. I never understood that. Take the test, you get into the school, and then you don't pay anything. That's so weird. So, yeah. <laughs> How did you and John meet? Uh, from Jake. Yeah, I don't. I don't. Find it was that. awesome music. Yeah, probably. I mean, awesome you know. music. Whoa. Yeah, when House of Music oh, was yeah, awesome. back in the day. Yeah, <laughs> yeah but I. Because Jake was working at House of Music, and then um, he said he was going to call you to come over to play for me. And you were upset that I wasn't, I wasn't showing any expression. <laughs> <laughs> Little did I know. Little did I know. <laughs> Little that's just know. me. I'm just, it's like, and I said, well, you guys sound pretty good. And then later, John tells me, yeah, you know, I was pissed that day because you didn't say like, wow, you know, you guys sounded, you guys sounded pretty awesome. <laughs> I wasn't mad. I wasn't mad. But I probably was like, oh, man, maybe we do suck. You know? 
Herb Volta Jr. did not even crack a smile. So well, at what point, John, did you realize that um, it was his norm to be kind of straight-faced and stoic? Oh, yeah. So we started playing together in 2004. So that's uh, 16 years wow. ago. And yeah, Herb honestly has become much more loose over the years than when even I first met him. <laughs> he used to be Mr. Stoneface uh, back, back then. And so, yeah, so I knew very quickly, like, okay, I, I see what we have here. You know, we have this guy that's very serious about his craft and, um, you know, he's not was, into jokes. It was totally different the, the from the jokes. prior ukulele player he was playing with. Yeah, yeah. The <laughs> other ukulele player was here. Herb is, is here, you know, like there's a whole different spectrum. It's good though, because you know you get the you you have the one girlfriend, and then you go in the complete opposite direction with the next. One. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Well, it's kind of it's kind of it's kind of um a trip because you you're you're used to playing with Jake, who's excitable and jumping around, and you know very enthusiastic and always smiling, and and, it, and you went completely opposite. Yeah. So it must have been a a hard uh transition for you to play musically with somebody else. Yeah, John. What, answer that question. <laughs> okay, I'll be, I'll be honest about that. When Herb started playing, like, I just remember, because the other thing that Herb used to do when we started, this is 2004, he used to play mostly ballads. Oh. So it was a lot, you know, it was like more relaxation music. And, you know, like, that's how I kind of looked at it. And so our crowd was an older crowd. They liked, you know, it was a slow, it was a slow paced performance you know which was fine which is fine because i did enjoy it but um but when in pure heart i was the, i was the stiff guy right i was the the kind of the the normal guy with yeah. her by normal the guy normal guy <laughs> yeah to throw that left hook in yeah, yeah, just, I know. yeah. <laughs> you know oh yeah sorry sorry <laughs> how you guys doing but we, but, we didn't know, say that. John said that, by the way. Yeah, um, yeah you know, I'm talking about a long time ago because things have evolved, you know. So with Herb, it's like I, I got to – so it helped me a lot in the uh, communicating with the audience and, and putting on a little bit – because Herb's, you know, his dialogue was like, the next song is blah, 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 blah. We're going to the next song. Wow. You got that much out of him? That's amazing. You know, so in the front <laughs> – in the first few years, it was kind of working through that. But um, I think over time, Herb's personality has come out. And I always tell people, you think Herb is like this soft smoking? He is hilarious. Like, if you really got to know him, he's a super funny guy. And uh, I think people see that now. And now when you go to see Herb, you know, his uh, repertoire is so diverse. Um, I'll put him up there with any ukulele artist. I mean, he does definitely has a different style. He doesn't jump around. Um, a lot on stage and whatnot, but um, the artistry is there. And I always tell people, if you try to play what Herb is playing, you, you'll find very quickly it's very difficult. Like it, he doesn't make it look hard, but um, it is, it is. Because I've tried to like replicate his stuff, and and it's not easy. Hmm. That's the one thing that I was impressed with watching you guys back in the early days of Willows. Yeah, you know, is that you know he uh, Herb takes a more mellow approach to everything but it's just impressive to see how effortless it is coming from him you know and i just look at the guy and, wow i can't believe that you know that's coming out of such a mellow looking guy you know? <laughs> and, and a quiet guy too and I, I guess over the years i did see your your own personality come out maybe because i got to know you and we, we, used, to, we used to talk and stuff but you know you're right john i think he has um grown over the years to a, a more uh expression kind of entertainer yeah and not like proud parents at herb well uh, you know he used to be sound like so proud, proud of him oh, <laughs> he was so quiet and shy but you know nowadays <laughs> you know the best he just came out of his closet <laughs> and he's out of his bedroom and, yeah the best line ever was we we're on stage and i think whittier up in uh Northern California. And we have this guy, Bobby Santos, that plays percussion with us while we're up there sometimes. And Bobby is just hilarious. He's this funny guy. 
And so I'm on stage and I'm talking to the audience and I'm talking about Herb and how his humor is just so dry, you know? Like Herb just has the driest sense of humor, but he's really funny. You just gotta get to know him, but it's so dry. And then from the background, Bobby goes, it's like bread. <laughs> you know? And that, that was, you just caught us off guard. It was so funny. Yeah. But not, well, I'm, I, I'm curious. I'm curious how your styles work because I mean, Herb, for you, when, when I first found out you were working with John and I saw the two of you together, it was interesting because I was like, man, for Herb, that must be something because you got Jake who used to play with John, like, you know, I mean, jumping around and all that stuff, but also he's just got this huge feeling, uh, this following in Japan and all that stuff. And as for you, you have your own niche, you have the things that you do and you are, you're imminently qualified and imminently talented in your own way. But, Opinionator. <laughs> but when you get on stage with John in the, in the first sort of, uh, the first times of doing this, was it like, oh shit, man, people can be expecting me to jump up and down and, you know, do all this crazy shit and that's not what I do. No, his, um, John's wife, Stacy, just told me, don't you jump around. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> no, uh, you know, John. I mean, you guys know, John is a very humble musician. And um, when I when I asked him to record for me uh, in 2003, I knew what kind of rhythm he could provide for my recordings. Um, because remember, he used to try and um, he used to love listening to Ernie Cruz, the Cruz guys, you know, playing their guitars. And um, I liked that feel. I like the vibe that John puts out on his guitar. So, I mean, it was easy for me to play with him because all I needed was someone to lay the foundation for me so I could play what I needed to do lead wise. So, I think that's why. Um, the I think Pure Heart was very successful not only because of John's vocals but yeah Jake's lead playing but I think John laid the foundation for the whole group basically mm. you know just the canvas my friend that everybody paints on <laughs> God <laughs> I mean you guys deal with John every week every yes, week every week yeah. Uh, yeah. You know what? I, I, you know, you're, you're, you're right in a sense where he is the guy that would lay out the plan, you know, set up the canvas yeah. for people yeah. to, to paint yeah. on because that's exactly what he does with this too. You know, me and Devin just waits for him to call us on this Zoom thing and we'll click on and we'll let him do everything. You know, we just, <laughs> we just along for the ride and just meeting and listening and talking sorry with people that we always never got a chance to talk with or we always had enjoyed talking to. But John is the guy that's kind of, you know, leading the show here. So I, I can see where you're coming from when you said that, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, uh, let's move on. I'm feeling really uncomfortable now. <laughs> <laughs> so Herb, let's, keep make, more... let's keep making John uncomfortable. Um, can we make John more uncomfortable, please? I'll do that. You know, like, in the early days, I used to see John post on social media a bunch of your guys' performances. And he would yeah. always put you in an uncompromising photoshop position that made it very entertaining for me and everybody else and also probably made me stoked to come and see you guys one because i knew when you guys were playing but two i was always looking for the next photoshop magic that john would pull <laughs> with your head and your face on a different body or whatever and then all of a sudden it stopped and i asked him one day i said why did it stop and he goes i think herb got upset <laughs> Correct. I didn't say I think Herb got upset. All I said was I think Herb does not appreciate me photoshopping his face into all kinds of things. Well, I mean, when it's Jason Momoa, I'm sure it's fine. But you know, <laughs> when you make him when you make him Baby Yoda, I can understand why he'd be a little you know, <laughs> like that. Uh, uh, train, and we did uh, that girl from Catch Me Outside from Doctor Phil. <laughs> it's getting ridiculous. It was getting over the top. I do admit that. Yeah, so I guess my question was, which one took it over the top for you, Herb? I don't remember. <laughs> to be honest, I don't. I don't remember. I, but I remember. I remember calling you, John, 
and telling him he had too much time in his day <laughs> to do this. I, I don't I don't remember what I told John. I don't remember what I told you. Okay, I remember. You said, um, hey, you know, the Photoshops, while I find them funny, when they go up on your page, people are, are commenting on them. And, you know, I, I don't have the chance to comment back sometimes. And so, you know, yeah, could you could you ease up on the photoshops? And I was like, and that was it. He didn't like her didn't get mad or anything. Like he just kind of asked me. And I'm the type of guy like I, I'm gonna push push the joke as far as I can. But once you say like, hey, can you stop that? Then I'm just gonna stop. So I was like, yeah, okay. And then I started trying to Photoshop myself, but I felt like it wasn't getting as as good of a reaction, you know. So now I just kind of do whatever. It's the package, that's why. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, think I, I missed it, it though. Like, Can you bring it back? Is my question. Well, they have to have a gig <laughs> first, but yeah, that would help actually immensely. Hey, we need a gig. Heard, oh wait, this is something okay, that okay. to ask you. So oh, a lot boy. of times we travel, and um, my my big thing is the traveling to me is is exhausting and difficult and. Um, it's really why I feel like we get paid is, is, you know, the gigs themselves are fun. Like I, I do the gig for free, but it's the physically flying and being away. And, but you seem to be like the most mellow traveler. Like you, you're like, Oh yeah, I got to go to uh, China this week. And next week I fly out to San Diego and then I got to go to Oregon. And like, what do you, what is your like personal, is it just a mental state or do you have like certain things that you do to make traveling a little easier that you could share with us for, for those of well, us? Well, well, I'm going to be honest with you. I don't, I hate it. Um, you have no secret. No, but I mean, but the motivation behind it is that, um, especially when I, I went to China last year for the first time and I've been telling everyone that the popularity of the instrument is twice the size as Japan and Hawaii combined. Wow. I mean, I mean, yeah, because of population, but I mean, it's, I mean, Google's not allowed there. So there's no, there's no YouTube, there's no social network, Facebook, uh, Facebook, Twitter, uh, Instagram. And, and they're all playing like clay stuff. Jake stuff, like to a T, and I'm like, hmm. how the heck, you know? And I mean, I go to this ukulele festival. This 12 year old boy goes up and plays while my guitar gently weeps. Okay, he plays it very well. The next act is a 16 year old boy, and he plays the exact same song, and no one cares. Hmm. You know, it's it's just like mind boggling. Yeah, yeah. You know, is and um, so the motivation behind me traveling is how can I make the market bigger? I mean, people who have never heard an ukulele player play lead work or play instrumental music may more be more melodic. I mean, there's so many people that I've met that has never heard of who, who my dad was. They don't know Jake, right? But they, they, they got brought in because someone said, oh, you should come and listen. You know, that's the motivation to me, just to grab someone new and make them appreciate the whole market in general. So I had a question. I think I've been asked Jake this question about China or just foreign lands in general being introduced to the ukulele. Being that it's a Hawaiian instrument, when they're introduced to it, what do you what is the first songs that they learn? Is it like what everybody locally here learns or they're, they're adapting some type of Chinese song and playing with a ukulele? I mean, how does that work with them? Are, are we kind of, are you indirectly spreading Hawaiian music throughout the world through this instrument or is it being adapted in their own way? Um, I think both, but I think initially is, um, um, you know, in, Japan, in China, you know, you just got to get a VPN. And then you, you can grab, you know, Facebook and Instagram and YouTube from different countries. Anyways, so, um, but that's how these kids, I think, I think Jake is inspiring a lot of these kids, you know. 
I mean, Kalei Gamiao has been there quite often. Um, Taimane has been there. Um, I think it's only going to get bigger. And even Hula starting over there. It's amazing. So, so it when is a you, Hawaiian music influence then. In, in, I'm in, sorry? It is a Hawaiian music influence in an indirect way to that instrument then. Yeah. 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 And, then, and then they're exposed to playing their own music, you know. Oh, okay. Which is cool. And I, and I mean, I, I know people there, they, they want to try and make the ukulele like a standard, like how they have to learn how to play piano mm. while they were young. Which is awesome. Yeah. I think. Yeah. So, you know, how do you, when you go to these places, like you were saying, I mean, Jake, Taman has been there, Kalei, what is the thing that you feel that you bring to the table other than your, you know, dashing good looks and your deadpan attitude? Um, what do you, what do you feel? That, <laughs> what do you feel? Um, you, you, you help try to uh, teach them. Is it um, fundamentals? Is it, um, you know, progression? Is it trying to sort of sit in the pocket and play as opposed to being crazy? I mean, well, I, um, John can probably have a comment on this or opinion on this, but um, because and nothing against Jake. I mean, he he has taken um, the popularity of the instrument to a wider audience, mm -hmm. you know, because of his diversity, his, his genres of music that he plays. Um, and Kalei's doing the same thing and Taimane and everyone that travels around the world. But they all seem to like Jake's approach mm -hmm. or his feel of his, you know, of the music that he likes to share. Um, Technique-wise, the songs that he chooses, his originals. So when I go there, <laughs> I, I I play Hawaiian, like I play traditional Hawaiian music, mm -hmm. and I play melodic stuff, like very mellow stuff. I mean, not not just ballads, but it's it's just very mellow music. And so the kids are exposed to me playing like 70s pop or and and hawaii music so it's it's a different it's it's, it's different you know mm. yeah, I, would John? Say, I would say herb is more of a traditional like uh, what you would kind of expect the ukulele to be and there was a time when um you know guys like jake were not doing that almost at all you know he did go through a phase of and he'll tell you i mean he did go through a phase of putting a lot of effects on the ukulele doing trying to do the know, dragon ball z years yeah. and for many many years Herb has been, <laughs> huh? the dragon ball z years yeah yeah yeah, yeah. herb has yeah. been really consistent in his style and how he makes the ukulele sound and it's a bit, it's a very uh yeah i don't know what other word to use other than traditional but traditional way of uh of playing the other thing that Herb does a lot is he um, he plays with a low G on the top of his ukulele. Most people use the high G, and the low G gives it a little bit of a deeper tone of the ukulele, and you can do like more solo um, chording type melodic pieces um, that a lot of the um, other ukulele players don't do, only because they have the high G, which is, you know, it's very good for fast finger picking and um, uh, strumming, like fast drumming kind of techniques. Uh, the low G doesn't work quite as well with that, although you can still do it. it it's not as universal. So um, yeah, so if you, for, for those who want to learn, I think Herb's style is a lot easier. And if you want to play solo, it, it leads toward that, you know, toward that um, thing. And there's no, there's no, no right or wrong way about it, but. Um, it's just a little bit. Well, for some, there is, for some people, they they say they think low G is very untraditional. So, oh really? really? Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Why is that? Uh, because they're traditionalists. They they love the high G sound. They they think that's the traditional sound of an of the ukulele. Okay, where's your ukulele? I want to I want to hear this low G versus high G thing because I have absolutely no idea what you guys are talking about. Sorry. How did you learn the low G? Is it your dad, or you just adapted it on your own? 
complaining. Oh, my dad, my dad's the one that started the loji. Oh, okay. Oh. Well, because my 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 grandmother told my dad that he will never make it as a musician. So that that was like his motivational wow. push to try and make it as a musician. And so he wanted to attack more sophisticated pieces. So he felt that uh, with a, a low octave uh, fourth string, he'll be able to attack these more sophisticated pieces mm-hmm. instrumentally. Oh, so, interesting. So that's that's how it all started. And so when I first started off, I was playing high G because, I mean, I just wanted to be different. And then I gradually went to the low G because I'm like, yeah, okay, now I understand why. So, so but I, that's why just, I, that's why I think Jake is amazing because he's doing things with a high G. Yeah, that yeah, no one else can. Uh-huh. He gets a lot of range off that 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 instrument. Where the when you do the low G, it does give you a a longer range of of tone, right? I mean, right. From, from the low G all the way up to whatever the highest note is on the ukulele. Versus if you have a high G, that that string kind of sits in between all the other strings, so you don't have as large of a range on the instrument. Right. So wait. So most people, when they get a kamaka ukulele, the the G is gonna the G string is gonna be a high G, and yeah. you have to specifically choose to put a low G on it. Correct. Yeah. Is it just okay. a matter of tuning it down or changing the string? You have to change the string. Okay. Yeah. Huh. Herb, you have to change the the fretboard or whatever. Not fretboard, but the the uh, what is that, that holds the string. This thing. <laughs> oh, the nut. Yeah. Nut. Yeah, you have to change the nut too, right? Because the G string is a little bit thicker than the regular. Or do you can you use a regular nut? Uh, sometimes you're gonna have to. You're gonna have to have. You're gonna have to file it. Yeah, to make it a, a bigger gap so you can fit that string in. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Do you have do a, you have a lying around right now? Yeah. That you can just hit that string to see how it sounds. Yeah, I don't have a height G. John, you have yours, right? You have IG? Yeah. Hey, wait, hold on. Hold yeah, on. We'll get mine too. Hold on. Oh, wow. Look, we oh, actually get a pause. Oh, hey, wow. Fancy, huh? Yeah? <laughs> oh, these guys. And look, John just got a closet. Yeah, John morning closets. <laughs> it's a nice closet. Yeah, I know. Not as fancy um, as yours, though, Chi. No, so, so you have your first string A. And then E, then C. Then normally it will be, the fourth string would sound like this. Yeah. But I have a low octave. Oh. Okay. So yeah. Okay. So when you're tuning it, it's not my dog has fleas. It's something else. Because <laughs> I'm looking well, at that way. <laughs> but yeah. But so you have a. It's a lower. It's a lower my. Yeah. It's a lower my. Chacha, play yours. Yeah. Wow. That's a pretty pronounced difference. John's a lot of tune. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah. You, you talked about um, Kamaka making a special shape for your dad. I'm familiar with the pineapple ukulele, but I've, I don't think I've ever heard of, I ever saw that bell-shaped one before that you were talking about. Okay, hold on. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Oh. <laughs> oh, wow. Off the break again. Hey, John, you gotta, you gotta get that, dude. You what? know, when you left John, all you can see is the closet, but when he leaves, you can see this. I know. I, I don't know how he does that, but uh, wait, if I turn off my video... No, it just looks uh, like it just has your closet. Right? Yeah, it's not, it's uh, not just there, right? it just says Janya Masato on it. Yeah. Yeah. That's just kind of boring. You know, Herb yeah. is actually very techie. He's into like he loves Apple and he's always getting the newest. He's like Devin. That's why I thought you guys were friends, because he's he's always into <laughs> the newest iPhone and the you know, all this kind of stuff. Well we are friends. Honest. Yeah, we are. Well, I mean like But you know what though the the deadpan thing 
kind of actually made me think, well, I guess Ferb does, just doesn't really like people that much because he was always super like, you know, and I go, wow. But then, you you know, after after a couple of gigs with him, I went, oh, okay, I guess he and Herb going to be working together a lot then. So, with yeah. the okay, so, th so this is the actual shape of a, of a Kamaka tenor. Okay. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And then this is the bell. Oh. Oh, it's just a, a le less curvature on the um, on the inside. Yeah. Part. Yeah. Is there, is there a sound difference too? Well, I mean, the I think to me the the bell shape has a more uh, it, it it gears more towards lead work than strumming, mm. has a better tone that way. So my tenor is a also a bell. Yeah, actually, the bell right now is a lot more common with other ukuleles too, right? It's not so much um, curved in like the one I'm just looking at on the right hand side. Yeah, so the bell is more like a guitar dreadnought shape. Mm. Right, and this is more of a figure eight. Yeah, so, mm. yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Wow, that's kind of cool. Yeah. Hey, Devin, oh. uh, why don't we yeah. do the album thing since we got about ten minutes left before I have to jump off this? Stuff? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So, Herb, um, we always ask our our guests uh, their top three albums, and it can't be greatest hits albums. It can't be greatest hits. Canada Greatest Hits. They feel, we felt like Greatest Hits is cheating. <laughs> uh, well, the, 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 the question is, if you were stranded on a desert island, and you could only take three albums with you to listen to for the rest of your life, what would those three albums be? <laughs> wow. Um, okay. Uh, well, there's this recording that my dad did in 1963 in Japan while he was in the military. And... Um, well, it wasn't planned to be a recording, but he went into a recording studio with a bunch of friends eating raw fish and drinking sake. And the guy at the studio, the manager at the studio, just pressed record. And he recorded that whole time my dad was just playing music. On wow. it, it was just solo. And the guy later, later released it in the early 90s. And um, you can hear him like in between tracks, like you can hear him talking in Japanese to all his friends. They're all laughing and stuff like that. But oh, wow. that it's called Legendary Ukulele. They were selling it in Japan. I don't know if they still do or not, but um, that's um, one of my favorites. Um, the Red Album of the Eddie Kamai and the Sons, uh, the Sons of Hawaii, Gabby, Mo, and um, Joe Marshall, Eddie Kamai, and Feet Rogers. And um, Maka Sons of Nihau, Ho'oluana recording um, with Moon Kawakahi, Israel, John and Jerome Koko. And um, yeah, yeah, that's when Sam Kapu always goes, okay, everybody doodoo. <laughs> yeah, so um, I have to say those three albums. Okay. Wow. Those are good picks, man. Those are good picks. Yeah. Devin, I got a question for you since we got Kyle oh looking the way he looks. Okay. So who do you think would win in that picture there? Aquaman or good Godzilla? <laughs> well, I don't know. I, Why? I think Aquaman I think Aquaman would, would probably well wait. Yeah, I think I think Godzilla would take him, man. No, but right behind me, hidden behind me is the one that will take the whole or thing. Or Loch Ness. <laughs> Loch Ness monster. <laughs> or the or the tiger that's taking so the a crap over there. You know what? I think Aquaman would win. I kind of think so, too. I, well, remember, he, he carried that whole uh, submarine, right? I mean, he's pretty strong. Yeah, but, he's, but Godzilla's got that fire breath thing, man. It's, it's, he's getting close. He just, he just hit him with the breath, and that'd be it. But isn't Godzilla originally from the ocean? Yeah, but I don't think he's got that brain that Aquaman would be able to touch. I don't know. I can't believe we're getting into this I in the last, like, 10 minutes of this background podcast. Of my <laughs> well, you make it, it, make, it just made me think, you know. Aquaman did have to fight that thing to get his trident. Yeah, he could not defeat, which was a smaller yeah. adversary than to me Godzilla, right? But you guys, yeah, but 
You guys but are also looking the lava behind it, though. The lava will kill <laughs> everything in that ocean. Right? Oh, All right? Like, the lava would kill Godzilla, would kill Aquaman, burn the Titanic, and the Loch Ness Monster. I'm going to make it one of our on Twitter. I'm going to put out a poll. Who do you think would win, Godzilla or Aquaman, in a fight? <laughs> this is, this is going to be how we spend the last 10 minutes of every podcast, is... um. Looking at Kyle's background and talking about that. Really cool. Never mind the guests. We're going to talk about the crazy <laughs> shit that's going on behind Kyle. Well, the that's people pretty... were commenting about his uh, toilet paper the last time. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah, Herb, are you all stocked up on toilet paper? Yeah, I am, actually. Yeah. I am. Good for you. No problems there. Herb, I, because I don't, because, I mean, John's been with you for a long time, but for... For you, it's it was musically yes, yes. But it was it was go school. <laughs> it was go school, and the whole time while you're in school, you've been playing ukulele. And then, at what point did you decide you wanted to make this a professional career and say, "Hey, Dad, you know what? I, I'm gonna do my own." Wow. Um, well, I I started taking lessons when I was three, and I my dad told me to quit when I was twelve, because, ah. yeah, because. Um, you know, this is a, this you know, you know, you know, uh, you know, one day, one day you don't like, you're like, I don't want to be with my friends. I don't like girls. And then the very next day is like, Hmm, you know, kind of thing. <laughs> so my dad, my dad just said, okay, you, you don't practice. You don't, you don't, you don't seem like you want to play. So you should just quit. And then when I heard my cousins of Nihau's recording, um, Ho'ola, um, then I started to love Hawaiian music, and that brought me back to the instrument. How old were you? So, uh, 17. So, oh, wow. Oh, so there was a good break there. Yeah, so my classmates wanted to do Brownback's Stardom, but lab school didn't have enough contestants, so we ended up not doing it. What kind of genre of music were you listening to at 17 that wasn't Hawaiian then at that time? Everything that was out. Joan Jett. Uh, Rock and roll stuff. Oh, yeah, you know. That was, yeah. You know, I was listening to like Quiet Riot. I was listening to uh, Def Leppard, ACDC. Oh, okay. So did you, you know. pick up the electric guitar and learn electric guitar at that time, or were you? No, because that thing was taller than me. So I mean, no. <laughs> so you only played ukulele, as far as I well, in, no, I, um, in, in, in lab school, music is required every year. It's not an elective, so I, I I had to play. I played viola from my seventh grade all the way to I graduated high school. Oh, okay. John viola. didn't know that. <laughs> yeah, viola. Did you did you choose that or what? How to? Dude, I had to like learn how to like hold it up like this, and I used to have bruises over here, and uh, play viola for wow. seven. I played trumpet for one semester. Yeah. Wow. So, and then I was getting headaches, so I stopped that. Where? Why were you getting headaches? You know, because you gotta you gotta blow into that mouthpiece a certain yeah. way, and if you don't do it right, you will get a massive head rush. Like, oh god, I'm <laughs> gonna lay down, kind of thing. <laughs> so I, I had no idea. That's interesting. Yeah. You know, as I'm sitting here, we're talking. I'm thinking about. So I was at a client's house last year, and we were waiting for some contractor to finish something, and he sat me down and was like, you got to see this. You know, I know you're into music and stuff. And I watched about an hour and a half of YouTube of the guys playing the piano and people playing the violin and the cello. And I was blown away at how many people are into the cello. Like, I don't know anybody personally who like sits there and goes like, oh man, I, I, I rock the cello, you know, while I'm cleaning my house or, you know, whatever. But these guys are getting like millions and millions of YouTube views. And so, man, Herb, you can be the ukulele equivalent of these guys on YouTube who do violin and cello music. I wish I knew their names. They're, they're like from Russia and, you know, European nations. They're not, they're not American, but it's, it's crazy how big like this niche instrument market is. And I don't know anybody online that has a following like these guys do. But the ukulele, I think, has the potential long-term to do that. And you should be that mm. guy. Well, I mean, you guys recorded Toccata. That's a box song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
you know? But uh, I just don't see anybody yet. I guess maybe Taimane's been doing it the most, is trying to get out there with an online presence. But other than that, I mean, even Jake doesn't really, I mean, I'm sure he has someone doing the social media stuff, but it's not like he's consistently putting out content, you know? Maybe that's your next project mm. while you're locked down in quarantine. Herbal <laughs> to Junior Channel. Oh, oh yeah, just do classical pieces. No, nah, but I mean, I mean, you have you ever heard of Yo-Yo Ma? Yeah, I've heard of Yo-Yo Ma, of course. Oh. But but at I mean, the same time, like, I've never heard of any of these other people that I I saw on YouTube. That there's these guys called the Piano Guys. And mm -hmm. each of their videos have like 40 million views. And, and they basically, they did a thing where they went to every wonder of the world. So they had like uh, at the pyramids and at the whatever, and they played the piano like at the wonder. They had to like literally fly and helicopter piano to these places because they're in remote locations. And they're getting funding from that, from their YouTube station that has millions and millions of views, you know? Mm. it's pretty amazing they did that one they did that one on a glacier or something yeah, or yeah it's, it's yeah. crazy yeah. i mean there's yeah, cool on a glacier bro you can't on a glacier that'd be great <laughs> oh, yeah okay <laughs> we cannot feel your fingers but you can play it'd be great anyway i'm digressing but um <laughs> but herb yeah sorry sorry this one wasn't uh super long we're gonna have to have you come back on and talk more about ukulele what uh, advice would you give to some of the young and up-and-coming uh, players of how to get out there? Do you think, uh, as a soloist, do you think that's the way to go? Or do you think they should hook up with a band? Or is everyone different? What, what would be your, if you had to go through it all again, what would be your advice? Um, find what kind of music you love to listen to and to share first. And then play with other people. Um, if they want to get into the business, then my advice is don't do it. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Jake is taking all the gigs already. I mean, <laughs> any, any, any more, you know, the percentage know, right? goes down. <laughs> right now, no one has gigs. Not uh, even oh yeah. Yeah, exactly. But no, but I mean, I think they have to, they have to have the passion for the music. If they do then, and, and not do it for anything else then they'll succeed. Yeah. Are, are you doing this? Because you, you have you have one daughter? You have more than one? How many kids you got? One. You have one. So does your does your daughter have the same interest in the ukulele? Is she learning? Or is she just like, shh? Well, my father and I both tried to teach her. Oh, really? Yeah. And one time, um, my wife was videotaping and... Um, I was trying to teach her something and then she rolled her eyes. Okay. Okay. That's it. <laughs> that's it. You don't have to play anymore. It's tough with your own family members, man. Uh, can you imagine? I, I can tell you, man, if, uh, if there was some kind of famous ukulele player on TikTok, maybe, maybe my daughter would get interested, but until then, not going to happen. You gotta, you <laughs> just gotta, you just gotta email Taylor Swift to just play ukulele more. Yeah. <laughs> Then yeah, your daughter will get interested, right? There you go. I feel there like she's, she's uh, I don't want to say she's outgrown Taylor Swift because she still likes, but, but uh, yeah, she's, Taylor Swift's not up there anymore as it was when she was six, you know? Get her, get her into BTS because then you don't have to worry about her dating people. Yeah, but the <laughs> BTS guys don't know how to play one instrument. <laughs> huh? The BTS they guys can. don't know how to play one no, instrument. No, they can, they, can they, can, they can actually play instruments. It's actually quite interesting. They're actually quite, they're, yeah, they're, they're more talented musically than I gave them credit for. But it's also, the fact that, it's also the fact that they, because they're over there, right, and she only wants to date them, I don't yeah. have to worry. Ah. They, Herb, yeah, because, you know, you got, oh, um, Herb, Herb has to worry about boys that are, like, here, <laughs> that are interested in dating his daughter now <laughs> in the state. Devin is a yeah. big BTS fan, if you guys all don't know. I am, actually. Wow. I just but you know, I, I can see that this, this podcast is popular not because of the guests that you have on, it's because of the banter that you folks do. 
this is nothing. You should see when we're physically in person how bad it gets. Oh man, the digression wow. it gets bad. The digression I'm gets just bad. arguing while the guest sits there, but I don't know. Oh, oh wait, one more, one more thing I wanted to ask real quick. Uh, the the traveling and all this stuff because your your wife, you and your wife have been married for a while. Was she? Did she understand what she was marrying into? That you know, my my husband will be gone for like months at a time. He's got to go to China and got to go to Japan. I mean. No, She's I mean, gonna um, hold everything yeah, down for I mean, you. Yeah, I mean, she knew, um, but I, I wasn't traveling as much then, mm. and so, um, I, I, you know, I, I, I've been lucky. I've been very blessed yeah. to have to have uh, a loving family and um, the support that I have from them, and also I have good friends that surround me. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, it's funny because <laughs> you could have you could have John's wife walking in the back of going, John. <laughs> no, 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 no. My wife is cool. Like I go when I go on trips, I check in maybe once every other day. You you know real fast the guys that got they got a bad deal when they're on the phone like because you got to drive right a lot of times long times and you hear the guy in the car like, no, I was uh, I'll call you blah 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 and then you're <laughs> on the phone just like. Brad, this ain't gonna work. This ain't gonna work. You cannot keep that up, you know. Like, they gotta understand. You gotta, you gotta. You're going from one space to the next space. You cannot always be checking in like every fifteen minutes, you know. Well, it's either your wife is very, very supportive, or she just hell happy that you're not home. <laughs> so... <laughs> Well, I'm sorry, guys. I have a hard out. Kirby, thanks again for coming on. Um, Thank you, guys. Man, you're the best. Um, thanks. Hey, um, maybe you want to put labels on this because with the four of us on here, you got four Asian boys. They're not going to be able to tell yeah. who's who. You know what? We, I was just saying, we all look like brothers, but John looks like the one we didn't feed. <laughs> <laughs> or, or put out in the sun. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I have a light here or else I'd be dark, but I, I put a tint on it so I can look a little bit damp. <laughs> I am. Hey Herb, um, when this is all over, this pandemic thing, just uh, we should have come to my house and hang out and play yeah. music. Record you and John playing music again. Oh, that would be cool. That will be, yeah. be fun. I mean, I think this Zoom thing is like a good release because, um, I mean, we have to be physically separated, you know? I think this is kind of cool. Technology is really a cool thing for this kind of thing. So, yeah, that'll be, that'll be fun. Can't, uh, I'm, I don't know, until they find a vaccine for this thing, it's it's always going to come around, you know? So, yeah, but we'd love to. Sounds like a plan. All right. All right. Well, until the next time, see you guys. Thanks so much for coming hey. in. And uh, thank you for being online with us. <laughs> All right, man. Thanks. Later. Bye. Bye.